there won't be a Lake Powell um, unless uh, all the states come together to uh, significantly reduce their their water use uh, in in the very near future. Good morning and welcome back to the Daily Buzz. I'm Grant Burningham. The Colorado River provides critical water for seven states, including Utah. But the river has been over-allocated and shrinking because of climate change. The major reservoirs on the river, Lake Powell and Lake Mead, are both about a quarter full. Earlier this year, the Department of the Interior, which is in charge of administering water in the basin, said it was going to demand the states all make major cuts to how much water they were using. Today, they announced some of those cuts. And so far, those numbers don't seem to be adding up to what's required to save the two reservoirs in the system. For more, we're joined by Zach Podmore. The Colorado River flows from uh, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado through Utah, down through uh, Nevada, Arizona, and California to Mexico. Um, and it, it, uh, parts of the basin are in, are in seven southwestern states. Um, the way the water is divided up in the river really goes back to the Colorado River Compact of 1922. Uh, 100 years ago, commissioners from the seven states met and um, decided to divide the water um, along the lines of the upper and lower basin. Uh, the upper basin includes Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Wyoming. The lower basin is California, Arizona, and Nevada. And um, a lot of the, the issues we're seeing now in the in the Colorado River Basin go back to that divide between the upper and lower basin. Uh, the lower basin uses far more water um, than than the upper basin does. Um, the lower basin being uh, California, Arizona, and Nevada. The issues we're seeing in, in the basin right now really um, kind of have a lot to do with that divide. The upper basin uh, uses less water and, and says that. Um, they um, want to be able to develop more of their share, even though the river has been completely used up and, and hasn't flown into the, the Gulf of California for decades. Um, so we're, we're dealing with a lot of demand uh, for water in the desert and in all these fast growing cities across the Southwest, and including in Utah, um, and a shrinking water supply um, thanks to climate change, which has reduced flows in the basin by uh, 20% over the last 23 years compared to the, the previous century's average. And what was today's announcement supposed to be or billed as being? Uh, 63 days ago, the commissioner of the Bureau of Reclamation, Camille Tootin, um, said that the, the states um, had to make the biggest cuts uh, to water use in, in history in order to stabilize uh, rapidly depleting levels in uh, the nation's two largest reservoirs, Lake Powell and Lake Mead. Um, that deadline passed yesterday, and the Bureau of Reclamation held a press conference today um, uh, responding to the failure of, of the states to come up with a plan in the in the 60-day time frame, um, though they didn't... Um, I guess in in June, the the commissioner had um, said that the the federal government has the authority to force uh, cuts on the states because they uh, are the ones that manage these these big reservoirs, Lake Powell and Lake Mead. Um, but today's announcement didn't come with with any tangible um, 
timeline or numbers for which dates will have to take cuts when uh, beyond um, agreements that were already made back in 2019 uh, that require Arizona and Nevada and the country of Mexico to take certain uh, cuts if um, Lake Mead falls below a, a certain threshold. Um, so um, we had this big announcement in uh, in June that uh, there was going to be, you know, between 15 and 30% reduction of water use in the basin. And what we saw today was was much smaller than that, somewhere around uh, five to 10% uh, cutbacks. So we expect, um, based on the, the Bureau of Reclamation's comments today, that there will be more, more cuts coming in the future. Uh, but the timeline has been left vague of, of when that will be. Uh, they did say that every state, uh, including Utah, will have to uh, contribute to conservation measures to uh, prop up these uh, declining reservoir levels. In terms of what was announced today, was it enough to buoy the the levels at Lake Powell and Lake Mead? No, I think with the rate of decline we're seeing um, in in both reservoirs, uh, the seven hundred thousand acre feet or so of, of cuts. Um, that will be mandated under the, the plan, um, as announced today, won't be enough to um, stop the decline of either of those reservoirs unless we have a, uh, an above average winter this winter, um, and it would have to be well above average to actually bring the, the reservoir levels back up. Um, and um, that, that isn't likely for a number of reasons. One, uh, climate projections show that overall the uh, the runoff into the Colorado River is is declining, and we've seen that over the last 20 years. Um, we're also potentially facing a third year of La Nina in a row um, in, in the region, which generally um, results in less snowfall, and it has for the last two years we've been in a, a La Nina cycle. I know these things are measured in acre feet. What is an acre foot? An acre foot is um, the volume of water that is required to fill an acre of land one foot deep in water. Um, so you can think of um, an acre plot uh, filled 10 feet deep in water, that's 10 feet, uh, 10 acre feet. Um, it's just a way that water managers use to measure water when you're talking about big volumes, um, like you need to when you're when you're looking at the flow of, of an entire river. Um, so uh, the the Bureau of Reclamation has asked for uh, two to four million acre feet in cutbacks. Um, looking at Utah's average water use, uh, a family of four would use around one uh, acre foot of water per year. Um, so we're we're talking about a huge amount of water here. Uh, Zach, I I know you and I have been working together on this special issue that's coming out next week. Can you just briefly tell us a little bit about what what we're looking at with that issue? Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time on, on Lake Powell over the last uh, eight months or so. Um, and I've been studying, you know, a lot of the different ways that uh, the, the reservoir and Glen Canyon, um, the, uh, the area that um, is underneath Lake Powell and is starting to reemerge with low water levels is uh, is changing. Uh, thanks to the drought. And um, there's both the major cause for concern in that uh, this, you know, Utah's biggest reservoir is at its lowest level since it first filled. And there are all the issues we've just been talking about, uh, about the uh, uh, 
the, the complications for that for the, the southwestern states that rely on that water. But there's also an incredible recovery that's happening in Glen Canyon thanks to those low levels. There are side canyons uh, coming back to life with, with willows and 50-foot and, uh, tall cottonwood trees growing in areas that were underwater uh, 20 years ago, um, beavers and um, all sorts of, of ecological recovery happening in these places. So the Lake Powell issue is, is going to try to look at um, the the water crisis from a lot of different angles um, and you know the the political implications of of declining uh, runoff in the Colorado River um, but also the the changes happening on the ground in in Glen Canyon and what scientists are are learning from um, from their studies in recent years looking at uh, at record low levels in, in Lake Powell with the arrows pointed where they are now, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, two years from now, will there be a Lake Powell? Will there be a Lake Mead? Uh, that's a, it's a really difficult question to answer. Um, it's, you know, there won't be a Lake Powell, um, unless, uh, all the States come together to, uh, significantly reduce their their water use uh, in in the very near future. Um, the Bureau of Reclamation today did announce they are looking at potential modifications to the Glen Canyon Dam. Uh, they did not say whether that would include uh, the construction of new tunnels around the base of the dam, which is what some environmental groups are, are calling for, that would allow uh, Lake Powell to be drained uh, completely uh, if that was necessary and and uh, the Glen Canyon Dam would serve as kind of a backup resource um, as flood control under the, the model put forward by environmental groups like the Glen Canyon Institute. Um, it's it's kind of anyone's guess at this point which uh, way um, all of these uh, competing demands will shake out, but the, the Glen Canyon Dam pre presents a real uh, barrier to water deliveries, the lower the water gets in Lake Powell, uh, just based on the engineering of the dam. The, the tunnels aren't big enough to release the required amount of water downstream if, if the reservoir continues to drop. Um, so it's it's very likely that, that some modifications to the dam will be necessary. Um, how that will affect the, the long-term uh, presence of, of Lake Powell as a uh, recreational resource in, in Utah or the um, potential restoration of a free-flowing free Colorado River in Glen Canyon um, is is difficult to determine, but um, there's definitely more questions uh, around the future of Lake Powell than there ever have been before. So um, it's going to be um, an exciting, uh, you know, near future and a, a scary one for uh, um, for many people who who rely on that resource and uh, who want to see Glen Canyon come back. Thank you, Zach Podmore, for that interview. And that's it for today. There's a lot more to be said about Lake Powell, and if you're a subscriber, you'll be getting a special Salt Lake Tribune tab in your mailbox with your paper on the 28th of August. If you're not a subscriber, please consider signing up and seeing if you can get a copy of that too. Go to sltrib.com forward slash support. Thank you to Daniel Rubio for producing today's episode, and as always to the Salt Lake City band, the Pelicans, for our theme music. 